Hi, I'm JT Angstrom with Freight Waves. Welcome to the American Shipper Global Trade Tech. I'm here with Kendra Phillips, CTO and VP of New Products at Ryder. Kendra, welcome. Hi, JT. Good morning. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you join us. Oh, it's great to be here. I'm very excited. How was the uh, weather in Miami this weekend? You said it was a little, a little rainy, tropical storm. Yes, we had lovely, uh, I think she'll be soon, Hurricane Sally sitting over us for two days. So after two weeks of homeschooling our kids, they couldn't go outside. <laughs> so that's always fun. <laughs> but we survived. So now you've been with Ryder for some time and you've had a multitude of different roles. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how that's rounded out and shaped your perspective on not just the company, but also the industry? And I think that sets us up well for our discussion about technology and digitization and some of the trends in supply chains. Yes, absolutely. I've been at Ryder 14 years now, so quite a while. Um, And I've been fortunate. I've had quite a few different jobs. I started out in our corporate strategy group, and then I went to run our sales support group. From there, I started back office operations, and then I actually went and ran our operations and our dedicated, for our dedicated division in the Southeast of the US. So that was a great experience, very hands-on, got to spend a lot of time with our customers, with our operators, and of course, managing a PL. And then I moved into my current role as Chief Technology Officer and VP of New Products. So I've been here a year and a half. It's a very fun role. I get to explore what's the future. How do we leverage technology? How do we bring value to our customers? So it's a really exciting place to be, and it's an exciting time to be here. Yeah, and I think that diversity of roles that you've had within Ryder gives you a phenomenal perspective on Uh, not just the implications for technology across those functions, but also specifically for the operating company. I think that's that's highly valuable in a technological role, especially given all of the changes going on and and innovations in the space. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the challenges, um, disruptions, or... uh, or emerging trends within digitization in the industry and how you think about not just applying the current state of technology to Ryder, but also think about staying ahead of the curve so you ensure that Ryder continues to be uh, an innovator and a leader in this space. Absolutely, and I think you couched that perfectly. Um, Ryder really is working extremely hard to ensure that we are staying ahead of the curve and we are an innovator. And we've been around for 87 years. So a company of our age, we have to be very strategically focused to ensure we can do that. Um, And as you you mentioned the challenges, when you're in operations, um, what you realize quickly is this industry is still very, very paper-based. I think more paper-based than we would like to admit. Um, And in order to really leverage the technology that's out there today and the technology that's coming, we have to become digital. We have to be able to move away from paper. And if anything's proven that, it's COVID. I think COVID has accelerated so many of the paths and trends we were already on as an industry. So when I think of the challenges, the challenges, the challenge is still digitizing the supply chain. And at Ryder, the way we're working to do that is we've developed a product called RiderShare. RiderShare is our visibility, collaboration, and exception management platform. It enables our customers to react and make decisions very quickly within their supply chain. So when COVID hit, our customers could handle more volume than ever. Um, We had some that were fortunate to have have a volume increase. So 
Those that did were really able to flex their supply chain, handle those additional volumes, manage the shifts in their supplier base, and maintain or improve their customer service. And they could do that because they could see their supply chain because it was digitized. Um, and then they could react to what was going on within it. I think another challenge in our industry that's really coming to head right now with everything going on is the fact that in the supply chain, you have so many different players, right? So you have the supplier, you have the shipper, you have the customer, you have the 3PL, you have the carrier, and everyone's on their own technology platform. And those technology platforms are not necessarily talking to each other. So everyone's got their own ERP or TMS or WMS, whatever it may be, and those aren't really necessarily talking. And so therefore you never get one view of a supply chain you get a very siloed view of a supply chain, whichever view you have access to. And again, that's another barrier we are really working to break down with RiderShare. With RiderShare, we're bringing everyone's data into one place and giving access to all those players in a particular supply chain so that together they can see a load end-to-end -end or an order end-to-end -end and make decisions if something goes wrong real-time with real data. That's when you start to harness the power of digitizing a supply chain, getting off of that paper, and really bringing technology to life to create value for our customers. Yeah, that's phenomenally interesting. And, and given the diversity of the rider model, you have a lot of different plays on the space. And, and from a technology perspective, that must make the thought process around how do you view new technologies and where it may or may not fit in the system um, an interesting mental exercise. And in addition to applying your own uh, new systems and, and innovations, can you talk to us a little bit about how you think about approaching vendors who have new or pre-existing technologies and assessing you know, the potential for customer value within your existing or potentially future portfolio? Yeah, it's a great question. And it, I think that's the, the fun part of my job. So, um, you know, pre-COVID, I would spend a lot of time out in Silicon Valley meeting specifically with startups. So I, I get to spend a lot of time focused on emerging technology and, and what's coming to the industry. And as you said, with Rider, we service every industry out there, and we also offer a plethora of transportation and warehousing services. So as I'm sitting in front of a startup and they're giving a pitch, I really just sit there saying, are they solving a problem we haven't been able to yet? Right? Or are they creating value in a way that we haven't been able to yet in our industry? And when I think there's something there, because of Rider's Breath, it's, it's easy to pilot with that startup. So that's, we really have a very standard process now inside Rider where we, we have partnerships with accelerators. We meet with a new startup. When we think there's an opportunity, we'll bring them into the fold. We'll pilot them. Hopefully that pilot proves value. And if it does, we can invest and move forward um, and bring that value to our customers. And there's times where the pilot does not prove value, right? And then that's okay. We, we, we tried and it's okay to fail and we'll move on. So there's a lot of opportunity there. Again, that's, that's where it's interesting and exciting. That's where it gets fun. Um, and we're not just stuck. I think, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, you're kind of stuck with your traditional um, technology players in the space. And there wasn't that much variety. And so a lot of folks like us were forced to go out and try to create our own technology. 
now we can really leverage what's happening in the space. And, and there's so much there. And what I look for is how do we bring that additional value to our customers? So that is tremendously interesting that, you know, given your role in the diversity of the rider model, it's almost as if you have a lot of different solution verticals and you cross most every, every if not every industry vertical in terms of customer end market. And so in terms of proof of use case for technology vendors in the space, you can almost address any player and, and think of a different way to plug them into the system. And if you can't find a way to plug them in in terms of driving value proposition, it's sort of proof of concept that it might be a challenging um, use case for the industry as a whole. Obviously, we're not everywhere doing everything, but for the most part, we've got a broad enough spectrum that we really should be able to find a place to plug it in. Um, and we've even had the case where we, we pilot in one area and it didn't create a lot of value, but we saw that we were just in the wrong space. So we, we moved to another piece of our company or another service offering and tried it there and it worked really well. So we've been able to be flexible enough to, to really, again, leverage that new technology and figure out where does it fit. And then as a 3PL, when we figure that out, again, we can bring that value to our customers. And they don't have to go out and spend all this energy on their own, right? They, they can depend on us. Let us do the, the harder work, the initial investigation and piloting. And then once there's value, bring that to the, to the customer base. And, and, and given that perspective, can you talk to us a little bit about some of the technologies or innovations in the space? And maybe not necessarily by, by company name or product name, but uh, by value type, where, where you, what you... Uh, that you see as most interesting or or most innovative or most value driving for the future of the space? Sure. I mean, I think the obvious one is autonomous uh, vehicle technology. So that's something I spend a lot of time thinking about. I think it's an absolute game changer. I think it will change the future of this industry completely. And so where where myself and where Ryder spends a lot of time is, is what, what's the best place for us to be positioned to be able to capture that value and then again, bring that to our customer base. And there's, there's so much opportunity there. Um, you know, how will an autonomous network really end up fitting into the transportation space that exists today? And what do you need to, to capitalize on that as it comes to market? And how do you be an early mover in that space? So that's something we spend a lot of time on. And, and I find it so fascinating because we're having to talk five years ahead of now, right? You're not talking about a couple of months from now or a year from now. You're really having to think forward um, and be positioned appropriately when it hits. So that's very exciting. Another thing that I, I also spend a lot of time on is aggregators. So there's, there's so many different ways to aggregate all the information out there today. If you talk about Internet of Things and all the sensor technology, so is there a way to um, partner with specific aggregators so that we don't have to go recreate the wheel and connect in with every technology, but we can leverage that technology and create products off of it that will help differentiate our customers? So um, that's, that's another place that I think can sometimes get overlooked, but can actually drive a lot of value. Um, and so what, what I'm looking for is is are there is there sensor technology or if you look at blockchain technology, is there anything out there that will really enable my customer to have a differentiated product for their customers? Um, and if so, how can we bring that into the rider fold? Actually, bring that into our rider share product and then take that to the market. Um, and and if you start looking at a supply chain 
as a customer differentiator, it really changes your game and your outlook um, versus just looking at it as more of a cost center or something that you know you have to have. Um, when you really start to look at it as a differentiator, again, it becomes more fun. I would say over the past decade or so, supply chains have increasingly evolved from a pure cost center to more of a strategic lever that uh, shippers have taken on in their full suite. Uh, and that's become increasingly clear throughout um, you know, the freezing of Chicago in 14, the decline of WTI in 15, 16, the impact of the hurricanes in 17 through, through the, you know, it rippled through the industry in 18. Obviously, it didn't exist in 18. And then now during the pandemic period of time, so even just almost systemically over the past five years, supply chains have risen from a cost center to a strategic priority amongst executive teams at all these, um, uh, uh, at all shippers. Now, thinking about your approach to your customer end markets, how do you think about staying ahead of the curve and ensuring that you can be that strategic partner through not just offering assets or solutions or services, but also now through technology? How do you fundamentally think about staying ahead of that curve? Yeah, it's a great question. So what Ryder did, and, and they did this a few years ago, is we actually changed the structure of our company. So. They created my position in my team, which did not exist before. We created a team that's solely focused on um, strategic partnerships with tech startups that I, I work very closely with and leverage. And then we've created a whole product organization. So we've really shifted the way we're organized internally so that we're not just focused on transportation or warehousing but we're focused on all the products that exist around those services so that we can leverage and, and bring that value forward. And, and that's been a really critical and important shift in our structure and our way of thinking um, so that we can really leverage all the disruption that's going on. And, and disruption is probably the wrong word, right? That's, that's what everyone says, but it's, it's really all the new opportunity that's happening here. So that's that's what we've done within Rider to help us stay ahead of the curve. And then it's, it's literally my job to ensure that we are staying ahead of the curve and that I am aware of all that technology out there. And one thing I do is I spend a lot of time talking to our customers in um, aspirational manners. So what is their five or 10 year goals for their company and try to figure out how supply chains can fit in. So when you were talking about it as more of a strategic differentiator, right? I had a customer say, hey, my goal is that when I make a sell at a point of sale, I have an entire supply chain backend that automatically occurs. I never have to have a person get involved. I don't have to place an order. I don't have to manage a shipment. It's all automatically happening, right? So when, when a store hits a certain inventory level because they've sold enough of a product, it's just triggering everything down the line all the way to get the product back to resell at the store. Um, and that's a very aspirational state that you can get behind and think of. And as rider, we should be able to make that happen for a customer. So that's where it's all about our technology. The, the capabilities are there today for sure, but the technology is not all integrated in a way that will make that happen today. So when you start thinking aspirationally and start thinking five or 10 years down the line, that's when you can focus on what technology do you need to bring that forward. It's amazing that you have the ability to think aspirationally five to 10 years out. Now, if, if we were to turn that in reverse as you look five to 10 years back, what do you think one or two, or perhaps three of some of the biggest um, 
uh, levers or, or, or uh, changes within the technology and digital industry are that have been really impactful in the space? You know, it's, it's so fascinating thinking 10 years back or when I started, um, it was a completely different world. What we were talking about then is offshoring and having huge global 3PLs who could cover every service across the globe, right? Um, and, and now it's almost the opposite. Now now we're talking about technology and nearshoring and bringing everything back home and omnichannel. Um, so I, I think it's very simple. But I think one of the biggest changes that happened in this industry is the ELD mandate. When every carrier had to be able to be tracked, that's when you could actually start digitizing the supply chain. Before that, it was you could do it in pockets and in pieces. But until every carrier out there, including the small folks who move the vast majority of the goods in the U.S., until they all had to be tracked, it was very hard to actually digitize the supply chain. So to me, that, that's actually been the biggest catalyst for so much of the technology that we're seeing now. So much of that is leveraging it. Um, and it's amazing to think of something that was really looked at as a huge governmental burden is, is actually been an accelerator for, for tech in this space. But, but that's how I view it. Um, and, and again, I find that extremely fascinating. Um, and then what that's really done is as, as you start to add in all of this other sensor technology, I and mean, that was really our first sensor technology, as you start to add in all this other sensor technology, that's when you're, you're finding that kind of the world open up, opens up and you can really start to challenge yourself or a rider can challenge itself as a 3PL to say, how do we leverage that? How do we bring that into our fold and how do we create more value? It, very interesting. And now, with our last 90 seconds, can we talk a little bit about what's next on the horizon for Ryder, given all this? How do you think about it? What, are, what, are, what do you think your biggest strategic priorities are? How do you think about addressing this space? We're very focused, which is in, extremely important in our space. As we said, there's so much going on right now. Um, and so Ryder's focused on our e-commerce and omni-distribution. Probably an obvious one, but it's been a key part of our strategy for the past few years. Very focused on autonomous. Um, we're focused on digitizing the supply chain through rider share we've talked about. We're focused on electric vehicles. And then the last thing is data analytics, which we, we haven't hit on um, so far this morning. But that's critical. That's kind of the outcome of everything else we're talking about is how do you take data, leverage that data, and um, really drive efficiencies. So those are our priorities. And, and that won't change. Those are going to stay our priorities for the next few years. And what we focus on is how do we position ourselves to be a leader in each of those spaces, and how do we continue to bring more technology forward to our customers? So that's where we invest, that's where we prioritize, and that's what we really think is the future of supply chain. It's tremendous. Well, Kendra Phillips, CTO and VP of New Products with Ryder, thank you for joining us. I'm JT Angstrom with FreightWaves. Have a great day. Thank you.